This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 298 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. A new species of horse was discovered in France. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products and you, our auditors. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena Howdy, Glenn. I'm so excited about this new discovery. There's a new species in France? What is this? I'm never going to hear the end of this, am I? (laughs) Nope. Just keep adding me to the blooper reel, baby. Uh, Thank you, Helena, for joining us on Horses in the Morning. She was our celebrity for Celebrity Trivia yesterday, and, uh, and you lost. I did. Yes, I'm celebrity. <laughs> so I'm celebrity. I'm going to be on the B list. <laughs> you were Wait, funny, I was though. Like, that, was, that was the important part. Y'all uh, didn't win anybody anything. <laughs> yeah, but, my poor but charity's the listener like, won. <laughs> my, the listener, my, my poor charity's like, eh, yeah, we don't want never, you. You'd never represent us again. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we're good to, glad to be back. Last week we had a, uh, had a kind of a best of episode. We're back here again this week. Back from Rolex and uh, sort of recovered. And ready to get back to normal here. I was saying in the show yesterday, or yesterday on Horses in the Morning when you were on, that on August the 8th, we will be six years old here at Stable Scoop and the Horse Radio Network. Wow. To see what day of the week. It's a Wednesday. So I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to plan that Wednesday night, August the 8th. We'll have to uh, plan maybe a, oh, actually it's a Friday. It's a Friday night. Well, there's sometime oh, that week. Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy every Friday night. <laughs> sometime that week, we're going to have to plan a live show and, you know, just spend it with, uh, get, get our listeners to call in and talk to some of our old friends and some of the past guests and just have a free-for-all kind of uh, anniversary why have, episode. Why don't we have, why don't we have a Horse Radio Network corporate party up here in the north since it's like the hottest time of the year for you guys we can have like you know the the horse radio network north you want us to come to massachusetts to rhode island yeah and we'll have a great big party and reese and philip can come and (laughs) all the other shows debbie well all the horse radio network hosts can come okay Jamie, yeah (laughs) i you know um we'll, we'll think on that Okay, uh, <laughs> but just uh, make like I want cupcakes though, just so you know. Yeah, okay, all right, good. So all everybody right. who comes has to bring their own homemade cupcake of some sort. 
That's Jennifer, the plan. Jennifer's a baker. She can uh, she can make sure that we're we're fixed up. Okay. But yeah. So so I'm excited. They about can be gluten free and sugar free if you want. Like <laughs> you can bring those. I'll I'll splurge. It's six years. Yeah. I mean, who thought we'd even be doing this six years? So. I know six is a big number. We it's can, not like five or ten. You know what? The rest of the world they celebrate five. They celebrate ten. They celebrate twenty five. Six is our own. See, we're unique. So we'll just go with six because we that's what we want to do. That's right. That's right. And you know, we'll be over 3,500 episodes total on Horse Radio Network at that point. 3,500. Mm, oh my God. There's actually, <laughs> there's actually people out there who've listened to 3,500 3, hours. There are a few that have listened to all of those episodes. Not but me. Imagine, um, <laughs> let's just imagine those people. They've listened to 3,500 hours. Hi, of Rhonda. <laughs> we know Rhonda's one of them. So Even Hi, my Rhonda. mother hasn't listened to me that much. <laughs> I have not heard all 3,500 episodes. So No, me either. There was, a, there was a while there I was like, I'm not listening to this show. I'm an idiot. I'm not listening to myself laugh <laughs> away. I can't do it. I can tell you this. Jamie has never listened to one of our shows on, on Horses in the Morning. She hates hearing herself. She really? Love, she does not yeah i know you have listened to a few of them back but she has never done it ever i i can see why like it is it's it's a weird thing you know just because we speak into a microphone and we do the show doesn't mean like we like to hear ourselves on the air it's a very strange feeling it really is it, it is and you know i have to edit the shows a lot of them so i have to hear myself back and i think i sound terrible but yet i can't tell you how many people at rolex recognize my voice yeah, and then, well, and then said, "Are you Glenn?" You know, because they recognized my voice right away. Yeah, so, you do have a very recognizable voice. I hate it, but apparently it's distinctive, and you know, it gets the job done. So it gets the job done, right? <clears throat> thank you to all of our listeners that listened to Stable Scoop that came out and said hi at Rolex. We appreciate you all, and uh, uh, thank you so much for for stopping out. We had about ten people become new auditors over the last week, and we thank all of you as well. And if you want to check out what being an auditor is, just hop on over to stablescoop.com. And there's a big banner in the middle of the page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get all the benefits of being an auditor, uh, which includes product reviews and book reviews. And we sent out our first books for reviews. And we'll be having those people, uh, those auditors, the listeners who are reviewing the books, on to talk about them and, and also products as we get them in. So that's something that uh, is new that the auditors get to do, too. So that's kind of a benefit of being an auditor here. Well, let's get to our first guest because we're really excited about this and we know she is. <laughs> yes, she is. Oh my gosh, we have. Our first guest in this episode is Michelle Barr from Right Lead Equestrian Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Every time I say Baton Rouge, I think of that... Um, <laughs> I think of that Brady Bunch episode where there's some kind of like contest. Do you remember that? No. Somebody asked a question and they're all like, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge. What's the capital of Louisiana? Okay, anyway. So okay. I'm just on a roll today. We're on the only roll. radio show this week to have a Brady Bunch reference. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so back to the show, because today I'm my ADD's kicking in. Our first guest is Michelle Barr. She's from the Right Lead Equestrian Center, yes, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And she's going to talk about the birth of a new species on her farm. Oh, wait, no, that was Glenn's description. It's a new baby, a Cleveland Bay baby. So we're going to hear from Michelle about how that actually happened, because it's not the way you think. Well, hi, Michelle. Welcome back to the Stable Scoop Show. Hey, y'all. I'm glad to be back. You know, I just looked, and it's been almost four years since we've had you on talking about the Cleveland Bay. I know, a long time. 
It's a rare breed, and we are having you on because we don't get this opportunity too often to have people on to talk about horse babies. And congratulations! Yeah. Woohoo! Thank you, Michelle. Had a horse I'm kind baby. Of excited. Well, she didn't. It is Saturday. Your a horse had a horse baby, but it's Michelle's. I want to clarify that. And yeah. it's a Cleveland Michelle's thing. horse. Yes, Michelle's horse. That's correct. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and, and according to Glenn, in, in the pre-recording <laughs> discussion, it's a, it's a rare species I said of rare Cleveland species. Bay. <laughs> species. No, it's not a rare species. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. The Cleveland Bay species. <laughs> I I've given know. a new designation, no, no. okay? Is rare. Okay. Rare. The rare breed trust is going to call you. <laughs> So, Michelle, tell us about your new baby. Oh, he's great. He's huge. He's, he's, he's really big. And uh, he's mouthy. And he runs a lot. And he's making his poor mother just crazy. Now, did you have... Tell us about... Uh, tell us about the... First of all, let's talk a little bit about the Cleveland Bay as as a mm-hmm. species or a breed, if you want. Um <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the breed. Well, they originated in England and in Yorkshire specifically, and they are one of the oldest breeds known. There are less than five hundred purebreds in the world at this time, according to the last census by the Cleveland Bay Horse Society, which is a group that we register with. Which is why um, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, because, you know, a lot of people are probably sitting at home going, why, why are we having somebody on that just had a horse baby happens all the time? <laughs> well, it doesn't happen all the time uh, when it comes not to the Cleveland for, Bay. Not yeah. for these. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not for these. And just like Frisians have to be black, Cleveland Bays, their name implies, have to be bay. And they are not allowed to have any white on the legs. Any white on the body, they can have a small star on the forehead, no snip, and that's all the markings we get. We identify them a lot with uh, whorls. When you fill out your registration, you have to notate all the whorls on their bodies. All the the what on their bodies? The whorls. Whorls, W-H-O-R-L-S. Okay. Usually they have them on their forehead. Where else will they have them? Uh, sometimes they'll have them on their stomach or uh, different places on their neck. Um, I know we had to roll my last baby all over and inspect her closely for whorls. Uh, this one has no white, and so we'll be doing the same thing for him. Now, his mama, I'm looking at a video that you posted, how super cute, mm-hmm. of him on Facebook. Um, his mama's a paint. Nope. 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 Who, who's nope. the paint that's with I did. Her? I that is the recipient mare. So we did embryo transfer. Oh, so he had a baby and, mama. Yeah. So he has three moms. Okay. He has his biological mother, who is Emma, who is my Cleveland Bay mare. Okay. And Flashy, who is the paint mare, and me. And you. <laughs> okay, and you. So the paint mare, um, so, she, so she was a surrogate, basically. Right. Okay. Right. So and we bred Emma and took at two weeks, you uh, flush the, the mare and hopefully get an embryo. And we did. We thought we might have two. So we had to scramble to find 
a second recipient there just in case. Um, there was only one. We put him in flashy and went back in another two weeks to confirm that we had a pregnancy. And then she's done all the rest of the work. Why did you do it that way? Why why couldn't your Cleveland Bay mayor actually carry the baby to term? Emma's a working girl, and, and she's not uh, real mother material that way. <laughs> she's not into uh, babies and and uh, any, anything very maternal. And she's also 22 now, and even though she's partially retired, to have a first foal at 22, I I didn't feel like it was very fair, and my veterinary team didn't feel like it was uh, worth the risk for her. So this is very interesting. I didn't, I mean, that makes sense to me. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. on their body, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. so this is fun. This is kind of like it takes a village mm-hmm. and to make a baby. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, So, and this is our second recip. Um, I did embryo transfer with Emma the first time. Uh, this, this first reason still being the same. And the second reason, uh, I just didn't want her to have any downtime. You know, she was competing at the time, and um, I had access to this mare, and it was something we could do. We're right down the street from LSU. They have a fantastic stereo team. Um, Dr. Lyle has done this with only one recept both times. And we've had a healthy foal on both of those occasions. So, huh. now, did we say uh, whether this was a filly or a colt? This is a colt. Colt, yay! He's a, yeah. a baby boy. He's super cute. <laughs> watching him trot oh, yeah. the fence line. Oh my god! <laughs> yep, His I'm legs are so he's... long. His legs... Oh. <laughs> he His looks legs pretty are as long as mine. <laughs> he looks pretty balanced for a little baby. Well, I'm glad you said that because I thought that too. But you know, I could just be. Just not seeing clearly. Yeah. <laughs> a snippet in time. Let's just say he's born with it. Okay. Let's just say he's got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He thinks he has it. That's for sure. Yeah. Does he have a little, tell us about his personality. Can you tell when oh they're my, this young? Yes. Oh my goodness. Probably. Oh, well, I guess eight or 10 weeks ago, uh, flashy just started getting just tremendous, huge. And there were a couple of days where she was just out standing in the field and she was just kind of jerking around and stumbling. Oh my God. And I ran out to see what was going on. And it looked like the baby was on a trampoline or something. He was in there and (laughs) he was just literally knocking her off of her feet. (laughs) And I was a little disturbed. And and one of the, the clients showed up and did it again. I said, go look and see if, you know, am I making this up? You know, and she said, no, he's going crazy in there. Well, let me tell you, he hit the ground running, and he is absolutely full of himself. I imprinted him, but uh, he wants to bite everyone and bite everything and touch everything and put it in his mouth and chew the tree and bite Flashy all the time. And uh, <laughs> well, Flashy, she's just exhausted. What's what? Like just stop. What is the so? Did he pick up the personality of mommy or daddy? Uh, mommy, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, daddy is very, very, very sweet and uh, just a, a total angel. And uh, I'm afraid this is this is all Emma, all this bucking and biting and don't touch me. Uh, I'm going to do things my way. That is 100 percent Emma. 
Now, what about Flashy? Has um, how many times has she been used as the recipient mayor? Uh, or this is the she, second time. Okay, and or has and she had babies had, of her own? Right. Yes. Before I got her, she had had I think two of her own. Okay. Well, judging and by the video, she mom. seems to be pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely <laughs> yeah. has that yeah. okay little boy thing going on. Yeah. She's got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and she's you know she doesn't want just anybody out there fooling with him, and, and I certainly don't let just anybody. And but even she and I had to have a little talk about, all right, and you know, it's okay for me to come in here and <laughs> I can touch him and you just need to relax a little bit. So we've all come down, you know, 10 or 15 levels and, and relaxed a little bit since Saturday because, you know, my thoroughbred gelding was just beside himself. He loved babies so much. He would just love to have his own. And uh, the other, my German mare on the other side of the paddock, was interested. Uh, Emma's not at all interested. She doesn't care. She hasn't even looked at him. Um, you know, and all the people were were wound up tight and excited. So we're we're all starting to come down a little bit. And things are relaxing. Okay. To a more relaxed. Place. I got. Now, I, I got. I was just gonna say. I I got the uh, on my text on my phone. You sent out a mm-hmm. text to I think everybody that had a, an address in your phone. And sent the pictures, and I was at Rolex on Cross Country Day, and my phone mm-hmm. kept going ding, 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 ding. Oh, ding, sorry, ding. sorry. <laughs> and it was sorry. everybody replying with congratulations to Michelle. Yeah, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, That's okay, I, I don't Mama, know how we understand. I now I follow the Right Lead Equestrian Center on Facebook, and none of this stuff is like popping up in my newsfeed. So now, of course, I'm like clicking around, drooling over all these images and the whole story of of this yet to be named baby just has unfolded beautifully. You chronicled it so nice, but I have a question about Flashy. Yeah. Yeah. She looks really good. Like, how fit yeah, she was does. she before she went into pregnancy? Because she's like, she looks super fit now. Tell tell us about her. I know she lost she lost a bunch of weight immediately. Um, I just really try to keep the mares looking good. I don't, and I've had arguments with Beth about this. I really don't like them to just end up run down just because they're pregnant and and ribby and looking you know, poor. I I just don't find that to be necessary. Um, she actually, the last time she worked and she really doesn't, doesn't work much. Uh, now that she's had this baby, she's going to have to get a legitimate job. Uh, oh, he's out running. He's just so cute. I can't stand it. <laughs> I'm going to have to go inside so I can concentrate and talk to y'all. Um, oh, he's bucking. Okay. I can't look. Um, yeah. So flashy was just really getting started under saddle. She had done some work when she was younger and uh, the lady that had her had fallen and got hurt, and Flashy got passed around a little bit and never really finished her training. So she's got some homework to do when baby is weaned. Um, but, you know, she was not terribly fit. She wasn't in work. Um, they're minor out all the time, and they can move around, you know, and... and just be horses, and I, I find that does a lot for them, for any horse. So we have to let you go, but it's Right Lead Equestrian Center. It's rightleadequestriancenter.com, yeah. or if you want to see the cute pictures, just look up Right Lead Equestrian Center on Facebook. That's probably the best That's way, right? It. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, we're going to post a picture on our show notes page too. Uh, okay. That's going to be our picture. I, I love the one Aww. of uh, mommy uh, snuzzling up the baby after he was born. Yeah. So, so we'll use yeah. that one and we'll make sure yeah. everybody gets to see this rare Cleveland Bay baby. Very good. And uh, Michelle, I think everybody that owns a Cleveland Bay in the entire world has congratulated you. Uh, just about. Just about. We, we, it's a very big deal for all of us uh, when there's a new baby. And we all like to, of course, see just how big the ears are when you're born. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Congratulations. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you all. You can count on Kentucky Performance Products to provide scientifically formulated, research-proven products that target specific challenges facing your horse. In the spring and summertime, one of those challenges is the heat. Horses sweat, and when they do, they lose critical electrolytes, electrolytes that play a major role in optimal performance. Loss of electrolytes can cause fatigue, muscle weakness, and dehydration. Horses offered supplemental electrolytes have less stress-related problems. They rebound from exercises sooner and return to feed quicker after exercise. Summer Games electrolytes from Kentucky Performance Products were developed for the elite athletes competing at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. Its research-proven formula replaces the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when horses sweat. Its concentrated low-sugar formula provides more electrolytes per dose than many leading brands. When your horse sweats, replenish his losses with Summer Games Electrolytes. Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. Visit them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Coming up next, we get our first report on the World Equestrian Games, which is coming up very fast. Going to be happening here in October. And uh, we, we, well, actually, it's happening. What am I talking about? It's happening from August 23rd to September 7th. It's a little earlier this year year and it's uh, in France and we're going to get we're going to talk to Darlene who is an equestrian writer who has toured the Norm- Normandy venues and interviewed the discipline managers and course designers she was executive editor for the All Tech FEI World Equestrian Games in Lexington in 2010 and will be reporting from Nor- Normandy for numerous publications I got to know her when we did the World Equestrian Games radio show for the 2010 games Darlene Ricker let's find out what it's going to be like in France for the World the question is. Hi, Darlene. Welcome to the show. Hi, Glenn and Helena. How are you? We are great. We're so excited to start hearing about the 2014 World Equestrian Games in France. And uh, I know that you have had an opportunity to go over there and uh, take a visit to the venues and things. So we thought we would try today to give the listeners a bit of an overview of what what it's going to be like. I know it's going to be different than it was in Lexington in, in 2010 because of, of the nature of uh, uh, how spread out it is and everything. So tell us a little bit first, where is it exactly in France? And, and tell us a little bit about the area. It's in the Normandy region, uh, basically centered in Caen, the city of Caen. Um, and it is, as far the region is just a blast because... There are all kinds of things to do there. It's very historic. Um, and in particular, uh, the Normandy, the Omaha Beach at Normandy, where the D-Day occurred, this is going to be the 70th anniversary. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And the entire, and they're not just celebrating there, they're celebrating all over France. And Normandy, that region of Normandy 
near the beaches is close to the where the endurance will be held at oh. the Bay of um, at the Bay of Mont Saint Michel. Huh. That's cool. And as far if you'd like to hear about the differences between Dr. Lyons is fond of saying that it will be the same as the 2010 games, but different. Um, and what that means is that it's the same events, you know, it's the same excitement, um, different place. But and it is allude- unlike the Kentucky Horse Park, which is, you know, 1,400 acres of self-containedness, um, where all the events were held, they're, they're all spread out, aren't they? They are. Uh, there are five different off-site venues. All of them, though, are, even the off-site ones, are within 45 minutes to an hour, most of them. One is an hour and a half off-site, and that's the endurance. Um, The public transportation is fantastic, so it'll be really, really easy to get to them. And it kind of makes it fun, at least that's what I found, because... When you go to these different venues, you're going to different regions of France, and you're seeing different things. Now, let's see. You go ahead, Delina. No, no, no. So you get this. You get sort of this well-rounded. Um, you, you get to. Well, this is the nice thing about Europe in general is that you you can kind of pack a whole lot of stuff into your horse experience. You can, you know, non-horsey stuff with horsey stuff. Um, but do you have time? That's what's the timing like and the scheduling. You can sit time in. Um, they've done a fantastic job with the scheduling, um, and that can all be found on the website, which is normandy2014.com. It has a breakdown of everything, of all the, the event schedules, the venues, the transport, the time that it takes to get from one venue to another, how it's best to get there. So th- there is time, and they've pretty much factored that in so that people can go to different events. Now, is it, um, what about transportation and infrastructure, hotels and things like that? Is there a lot of it? How, are you going to drive, have to rent a car if you're coming from, uh, you know, out of the country, out of France? You know, what's the story on that? It's advised not to rent a car um, because it's going to be very, very crowded there. You know, we're talking about uh, 14th and 15th century um areas, so they have little, little, thin, sometimes cobblestone-type roads, um, and they're going to be pretty crowded, um, and some of them will be blocked off. So what's being advised is there's going to be a lot, well, there already is public transportation in place and the infrastructure, which are trains. I mean, some of them will get you to venues in three to ten minutes. Now, if you're going to Cross, if you're going for eventing, if you're going for dressage or cross country, that's about an hour. That's an hour out in the country, and you probably will want a car for that. Mm. Or if you're going to endurance, which is an hour and a half away, I'd recommend that. Now you you got to see the venues. Uh, tell us about them. What you know? Are they are they finished? Are they still in construction phase? And and how well organized is this particular group? You, there's been some wags that have had some issues. <laughs> so um, some wags, yeah, some wags. Um, so how how would you say, in your opinion, this one's going? Going like clockwork. Um, the French don't fool around about their international sports events, 
and even their CEO, Fabien Grobon, was a um, an official for many, many years in the French Open. So they're very much accustomed to uh, putting on the whole the whole event and planning ahead and the whole infrastructure. The, they've been doing construction on the venues for, gosh, a couple of years. Most of them are, I'd say they're 90% built. Some are, some are all built because they exist. Some of them are racetracks that were already there. The others oh. that are being, yeah, and they've put a lot of money into rebuilding them. I can give you a couple of examples. The, yeah. um, the main stadium, which is Duanano Stadium, which is in Caen, will have show jumping and the dressage and show jumping for eventing, as well as the opening and closing ceremonies. That is a soccer stadium. It's about 20 years old, so they had to do a lot of work on that. Um, And it's absolutely beautiful. There's not a bad seat in the place because it's built low. Like It is a soccer stadium, so there are no poles in the way. The seating makes you feel like almost like you're on the field because Mm. it's very low. It seems that they build the soccer stadiums that way. All the ones you see in the news reports when there's rioting at soccer games, uh, it looks like they build them low, like you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that's... It'll be the only game that's ever been played in this stadium that there won't be a riot and throwing things. (laughs) Hopefully not. You know those dressage fans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The other thing that's really fun about Donano Stadium is that, well, number one, it's an open amphitheater, so it's going to be beautiful, especially at night, Um, and the horses are stabled below. It's reminiscent in this one respect of the old uh, Madison Square Garden when the National Horse Show was there. The horses will come out through a tunnel, through a very dark tunnel, and all of a sudden... You know, they're, they're hit with the floodlights and the spotlights and the, the sound and everything. So that's going to be quite something. Very dramatic. For some horses, it's going to be something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, boy. Um, I can tell you about a couple of the other venues if you yeah, like. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. The Exhibition Center, which is in the center of Cannes, is where the raining will be. And that's basically the nerve center of the games because, <clears throat> excuse me, that is situated right next to the Games Village. And the Games Village itself is 80 acres. And that's where the restaurants and the exhibits and the demonstrations will be. Um, and that center has been completely renovated. And that is very handy. That's right in the center of Khan. <laughs> And if you haven't ever looked up Con, just go to Google Images and put in C A E N France, and uh, take a look. C A E N what? It's C A E N, Con. It is. I thought it was Con as in C A N N E S. No, it's C A E N France, and that's and the other one. it's in the Normandy. Yeah, that's the other one. And in the Nor, it's in the Normandy. Tells you how area. much I know. But let me tell you, this is old world Europe. Uh, when you see the buildings and the infrastructure, what she's saying about it being narrow streets and everything, this is old world Europe. It is really cool. Hold on a second here. Wow. And you do feel like it is when you're there, don't you? you do. Wow. <laughs> 
I want to go. Oh. You pronounce it ka, kind of like K-A-H, ka. Ka? Oh, ka. Okay. That's just how it's pronounced versus Khan, which is the the one in the south where the film festival is. Right, 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 Um, right. Okay. And as far as old world, you know, Mont Saint-Michel is what, from probably from the year 1000, might even be 800. um, And that's right on the English Channel. And the old, the, uh, the it's a walled city, and and it still exists. And there are little shops and things in there now. But you can go there. Although I will tell you, it has 365 steps um, to get there. But uh, but uh, once you're in there, you really do feel like you're back in the the medieval times. And I found out it wasn't too glamorous then. You know, you think of castles and candles and. Well, it's pretty dark and creepy in there, and it was a fortress, so there are little, little teeny windows for protection. Um, hmm. and yeah, the, the Renaissance fairs make it look all fun and glamorous, and, but they, you know, they were peeing in the corner, so, I mean... <laughs> you know, just, That's if, right. What do you mean they were peeing in the corner? They were peeing in the corner. Um, we're going to move away from peeing for a second, though, I'm, I'm briefly... Um, I noticed, though, when you do a satellite view of Ka, there's a lot of farmland surrounding the city. Uh-huh. Um, it looks like a little, a, a lot, actually. It, is that true? Am I, I mean, it looks like, what? what is, what's the, um, I guess, what's the climate like there? Is it? You're right. It, it looks, to me, honestly, a lot like Lexington in that respect. Lots and lots of farms, very large farms. Uh, climate, as is here, is quite unpredictable. Um, it can be kind of extreme. You know, you should really bring warm clothes, even though it's going to be in the summer. Because, oh. especially at the endurance, because you're right on the English Channel for the endurance. And they pretty much planned for that. That's why they have so many different venues with indoor arenas. Um, so it's going to be fine. And the other thing they planned for that's fabulous in regard to the weather for example, the driving, okay, the driving is going to be at the Prairie Race Course, which is a normally used as a, a race course, um, racetrack. They have 30 race meets there a year. And what they've done for the driving, Para is also going to be there. Para is going to be held in the infield on a different date, of course. Um, the driving, they put a lot of money into that, and they've put in a new sand track, which I've been told by the driving team is the, the coming thing, sort of like Poly Track was in horse mm-hmm. racing a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, very expensive, and Chester Weber and some other people told me that um, it really evens the field out because it doesn't matter so much if you're the first horse or the last horse as far as the track being dug up because it doesn't happen. And, and they put it, the uh, marathon courses at the track as well? Yes. Huh. Yes, and, and that's right right in the city, right beside the city, actually. Um, so it's very, very handy, and it's close to a train station. Hmm. And that is that, uh, which track did you say that was? It's called, like, like the word prairie. Yeah, like that's the one I'm looking prairie. at, actually, on Google Maps. I just found it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep, so I see. You're right. It, it's, it's surrounded by city. Uh-huh. And the yeah. one venue that I'd really like to tell you about that is just so exciting is it's called Arras du Pain. It's in a city called, a uh, village called Le Pin, P-I-N. 
and that is about an hour out of Caen, and that is where the event dressage and cross-country will be held. Okay. And that is on literally, I mean, this was built by Louis Fourteenth. It has a castle. It doesn't have a moat, but it has a castle. Um, it is the home of one of France's 20 national studs. Um, and it's known as the Versailles for horses. It's, it's amazing. It's, and that, it is 2,400 acres, which is twice the size of the Kentucky Horse Park, which is pretty hard to imagine. Huh. Um, they've put in new dressage arenas, so the backdrop to the dressage is going to be the castle. Oh, that's cool. It's really, the photography opportunities also are going to be amazing. And the cross-country course, gosh, they have put so much work into that. And it's, it's just going to be amazing. They're going to have three water complexes, um, very different style of course design from what we're used to here in the States or what we saw in Rolex last weekend because of the terrain very much. The terrain there is very, very demanding. It's going to be a galloping course. It's going to be, need a lot of stamina. And Pierre Michelet, who is the course designer, who is also, he's designed most of the courses in France um, and is also going to be the course designer for the 2016 Olympics, is known for making very, very technical courses, very um, cross-country courses, lots of angles, lots of skinnies, um, lots of long gallop stretches in between. So the riders are really having to condition and prepare in, in a somewhat different way than they have for past World Equestrian Games. Well, it does look, I've been like looking at, uh, I know Helena has too, we've been looking at Google Maps and checking out the pictures and everything, and I think this is going to be, a, it's going to be a beautiful place to have the uh, WEG, if nothing else. And, you know, one of the things I have heard also is that France is really stepping up to the plate and uh, getting it ready right now as of uh, April 29th. They're saying that there's been 270,000 tickets that have been purchased and there's 130,000 left. Um, so there's still plenty of tickets left for anybody that's uh, looking at heading over there. And of course, Europeans support horse sports, uh, much more than we do here in the United States. And there's been 72 nations that have entries, uh, that have indicated that they will have entries in the games and, a, and, a, uh, over a thousand horses. So I think it should be a lot of fun to watch and a lot of fun to, uh, hear about as we go along. Thank you so much, Darlene, for joining us. We really appreciate you giving kind of an overview of the area, and we'll be chatting with you as we go down the line uh, to get more details as, as you get them uh, as well. My pleasure, Glenn and Helena, and thanks for having me. Do you have a website where people can check out, or are you, are you doing anything on Facebook? I have my own website that okay. has... Oh, actually, yes. Actually, it has a lot of articles. I've written, an awful, written probably, oh, I don't know, 15 or 20 published articles, advanced articles on the games already. Okay. And I'm still writing them, and they appear in various publications, but most of them are also on my website. And that is Equestrian Authors, one word, A-U-T-H-O-R-S, sorry about the accent, um, dot com. Okay. Helena thinks she's at home. Um, ah. Right now. Oh, yeah, right at home. It's, <laughs> yep. I'm uh, following along. Okay. Very good. Well, we thank you, and we'll talk to you again soon. And now it's time for Tack and Habit. 
This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. You can find them on Facebook. Just search for Chasing a Fox, where they feature fun and functional apparel for fox hunters and their friends. Chasing a Fox. All right. Our Tack and Habit uh, product is a little different this week. And, uh, you know, I, one of the most beautiful three-day events in the world I mean, one of the most beautiful is in Kentucky, where I just came from. But the one of the other most beautiful is badminton in England, mm. and it's the Mitsubishi Motors Badminton Horse Trials, which is coming up here very quickly. And I got to tell you that uh, this truly is one of the most beautiful venues you will ever see. If you've seen pictures of the of the castle in the back and the backdrop. It is definitely on my bucket list of something I want to do at some point. But they also are one of the best horse shows in the world at New Media. They have it down. And they have an app that they started last year and they've improved upon this year. And it's, unfortunately, it's only for, for iPhones. It's only for iOS, iPhones and iPads. But if you want to go get their free app, it just search for Badminton Horse Trials on the App Store. And it has... it it, it it really is cool. They have a special version for the iPad. You can see live results, a live broadcast of radio badminton, which they actually have. They broadcast a radio to a radio station locally. The entire event is brought to you uh, on radio, which is something that we would never see over here. And uh, they have audio and video. They have animated cross-country course, uh, cross course. So if you want to see the cross-country course, it takes you at, through an animated version of the cross cross-country course. It's so cool. Uh, tons of photo, uh, photo galleries, rider profiles. It is anything you want to know about going there and following it, the weather and everything. It's just a really, really cool app. They, we, they have it so down. I talked to the guy who does their new media last year, and he just, they won awards for their new media. So if you want a really cool app to follow as Badminton goes on, which I believe is next weekend, you just uh, search for Badminton Horse Trials and the iOS app store if you have an iPad or an, or an iPod even. You can do that. So check it out, Badminton. It's a real simple one this week. Uh, it's just really, really cool. And, you know, I was looking today, too, at something that I thought would be fun being a geek. And this is uh, on Woot, actually, W-O-T.com. It's in one of those places like Tack of the Day uh, that has, uh, you know, like a couple products each day they sell. Well, guess what they have today? They what? have a drone quadcopter with the camera. Whoa! I know. You know, you see how the drones go up and they take all this cool aerial footage of, of uh, yeah. events and stuff. You can yeah. have your own drone quadcopter. $429. I want one. So bad. I'd crash it and break it in the first day. You know that, right? Oh, yeah, me too. I'd probably, like, get it caught in somebody's hair. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. like, oh, sorry, madam. Sorry, Cut ma our horses in half or something, you know? <laughs> like, excuse me, can I get my drone back? And, like, does anybody have a pair of scissors <laughs> or a utility knife? in a tree, a live oak tree, about 300 <laughs> feet up. It'd be stuck in the Spanish moss. <laughs> oh, God. I guess this is a little different than when you get your kite stuck in the tree that cost you $12 at Walmart, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to find a big open area with, like, lots of padding on the ground. 
<laughs> they should have ones that'd be like, this is a Helena proof model. Yeah. You can't mess this <laughs> one up. It has it. like an alert, you know, like those curb alerts, those cars or whatever. Yeah. When you like get too close to the curb, it, it yells at you. We need a drone alert that says, Helena, you're Helena. about to ruin somebody's life with That's this gadget. Right. <laughs> too low, too low. Going to crash. <laughs> <laughs> That should be my you'd my ringtone. Have tone. some experience flying those little heli, you know, drone helicopters and stuff. You'd want RC helicopters or airplanes. Or like you'd probably want RC. To have yeah. When that. I was a kid, I had um, remote control cars, but I got like a jeep. You know, so I remember <laughs> this was the best thing ever. I was like, Mom, I was home from sick one, homeschool, home sick from school one day, and I'm in my bed, and I take my remote control Jeep, and I send it into the kitchen, right? And it's totally banging up the walls on the way in, <laughs> and my mother's in there, and I'm like, Mom, can you put some orange juice in the car? <laughs> can you put some cookies in the car? So she does. <laughs> and I get, I do get the car back to my room, but there's orange juice all over the house. There's orange juice all over the house. So this is a public service announcement, the second one in the show. Do not put orange juice in your drone if you're at badminton. <laughs> I love the title here. It says, provides vital intelligence about the activities of rogue neighbors. <laughs> you can spy on your neighbors. Of rogue neighbors. <laughs> oh, my God. You know we're going to see police reports very shortly as these becoming more popular of uh, oh. them at people's bedroom windows. You know, the voyeurs are going to come out, and we're going to see arrests coming down for using your drone to spy on your neighbors at the pool. I wonder if you could take one out with, like, a slingshot. You know, that's the other thing. <laughs> like, you, everybody's going to have – sooner or later, everybody's going to have their own drone. You know, like, we all have our own cell phones. Yep. Everyone's going to have their own drone. But then there has to be, like – anti-drone things, you know, a whole nother market for anti-drone stuff. Lasers. So like <laughs> lasers. Yeah. And have people and, out there with their shotguns trying to shoot them out of the air. That would be great. That might be overkill. <laughs> Although I don't know. It depends on the drone. I Like just a slingshot would be good. Bow no, it depends arrow. who's on operating the drone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that could be fun. Like that could be hours of activity. You know, your neighbor and their obnoxious drone and you and your anti-drone missiles. I want one in the worst way, just for fun. Hey, they had one. They have one at uh, Live Oak at the big event down here at the big driving event every year. And he was there this year, and I was over, you know, checking him out. And, they, and it looks complicated to fly, um, but he did some co- tremendous aerial footage of the of the event. And they they can get really high and go really far out. Uh, and they zoom in, so the clarity yes. of the images is actually really good. I mean, they we're joking about this, but these are... cameras are amazing. <laughs> I, you have to really appreciate the technology for, I mean, it's it's taking a very, very, very expensive camera that can capture motion. That's one of the hardest things I think about, um, you know, the, the technology or the hardware of any camera, um, you know, visual device is to capture the motion without losing the quality. So the fact that these things are flying and that they're capturing other things in motion and then you've got the HD, you really, it, it, they, they really command your respect. I love this. The Phantom is ready to fly. The moment you unpack it, you just need to attach propellers and learn how. The Phantom. How. The Phantom. <laughs> and learn how. Yeah, that's gonna, the hardest part. I'm totally like thinking of all kinds of naughty things I could do with a drone called the Phantom. <laughs> on my friends, on my horses. Oh, fail-safe systems. Here we go. <laughs> Features a fail-safe function, uh, an autopilot system. There we go. We can't crash it. 
when the communication oh. between the main controller and the transmitter is disconnected, like you flew it out of range, the yeah. outputs of all the command sticks from control and will go to the center position and land itself. Well, how cool is that? Yeah, unless it lands itself right in the center of the cross-country course. <laughs> Somebody's pool. <laughs> I know. So, Tanya, it's going to land on the queen's hat. That's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right, Somebody, some choker's going to talk about drones, but uh, oh, God, oh what, what, we weren't four hundred twenty-nine bucks, and it's amazing they can sell them for that price with the camera. Four hundred twenty. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, a good quality camera is about that. This is a flying camera. And you know what's really cool is this camera actually ties in with an app on iOS or Android, so you can see what's going on on your phone uh, live with the camera. Mm. Isn't that cool? Do we want to see? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we do? do. Are you kidding? Yeah. Okay. You can have all your friends <laughs> checking out the neighbor at the same time at the pool. Oh, that's that's fair and <laughs> and legal. Yeah. And Christian. If you want to check out our app, you can go to, it's legal and there's nothing wrong with it. At ah! uh, <laughs> it's iOS or Android, just search for Horse Radio Network and you'll find it in the app store. It's simple and easy to use and the best way to listen to our shows, including uh, Helena's Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. And uh, for details, t- details about today's show, go to stablescoop.com where you can find the links, photos, and more information about our guests. What else we got to do? Thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, and you, our auditors. We appreciate you. <sighs> well, Lena, that's it for this week. That is plenty, Glenn, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. Happy scooping.